It's a Monday PFTOT. We do it on the road as well. We're still in New York City capping what was a crazy show that was largely devoted to Andrew Luck. And Chris, let's talk about one thing that we touched on a little bit during the two hours that we were on NBCSN, the criticism of Andrew Luck from the booing by the fans who were at the stadium and were reacting to what popped up on their phones to guys like Doug Gottlieb of FS1, who then got slammed by Troy Aikman of Fox, which Fox and FS1 are the same thing. Yeah. Steve Berline, former NFL quarterback who calls games for uh, CBS, I believe. He had some critical comments. Is it fair for people to to throw these, these negative uh, takes in Andrew Luck's direction? I, I don't think it's necessarily fair. No, I don't. You know, I, I can understand. I think the, the one part that you brought up that I can understand the most is maybe the fans booing at the stadium because they love the Colts and they want the Colts to be, gosh, a lot of people are saying that we could be a Super Bowl team this year and they saw the way the team looked last year and all the positives and just everything seems like it's going in the right direction. They saw how great Andrew Luck was last year. So aspirations were extremely high. So I think from the standpoint of the logo on the helmet, and I love the Indianapolis Colts. I get that. But I think when you get into the personal uh, territory of Andrew Luck and you start talking about a human being who has beaten his body to crap uh, throughout his career and been very selfless that way, and I don't think has told us about every little nick, you know, nick and, you know, like little bang and bruise he's gotten throughout his career, I do not think it's fair. You can't put yourself in his shoes to know what it's like to deal with his body on a daily basis and the issues he's dealing with, and I think we got to be very careful going down that territory. I think it's an intensely personal decision, and I don't want anybody playing football who doesn't want to play. No, right. Th that's the bottom line. Wh whether it's Chris Borland, whether it's Andrew Luck, whether it's Vontae Davis, who retired during halftime of a game last year and received a ton of criticism. Look, if you're not willing to continue to go out there and expose yourself to the risks inherent to the game, then you should not go out there. And unless you are completely and totally all in, what did Mike Mayock say last week about Antonio Brown? You got to be all, all in or all out. out. Right. You got to be all in. And if you're not all in, then you have to be all out. And uh, I, I don't think, I look, and one, we don't know that this has just happened right now. Like, right. we don't know. We can all say, oh, how could you quit on your team or whatever else. You know, I mean, from all we've seen to this point, it certainly seems like they knew since before Monday. Okay, all the signs, all the things that you and I do, we're obsessed with football all spring. And now if you put it all together, okay, it looks like this is something that's been known by the organization, at least to some extent, uh, prior to this week. I mean, and he's not just necessarily quitting on the team out of nowhere. I, I think the team has been preparing to move on from him. And maybe that's why we've seen some of this injury stuff and Jacoby Brissett taking all the reps because they've been grooming him for something they thought there was a good chance he might have to take over. And when we say that, the, I mean, the team, there's so many different departments and layers and levels. Like if ownership knew and the front office knew and the coaching staff knew, there's got to be somebody in that organization who was shocked to find this out. Yeah. And then you have guys wondering, why wasn't I in the loop? Like how many players actually knew about it? How many How many uh, of the people who are connected to the team and, and maybe think they're more important than they really are were kept in the dark? I mean, it's just kind of a weird dynamic that they're going to have to work through yep. because they opted whenever. Andrew Luck first came to them to say, Hope, don't do anything rash. Right. Let's take some time. It's, I'm sure it's hovered over the team for longer than they're letting on. And I think that, that there could be some fair criticism for the way that everyone has handled this, Colts and Andrew Luck. Right. But once you're sure you don't want to play, then 
It's over. Then that's it. And, it. and maybe what the coach should have said to him from the moment he first uttered anything about it. It's like, look, if you're not going to play, we need to know now. We right. don't need to know in late August. We need to know now so we can make our decisions. Almost like what the Packers did with Brett Favre yeah, in 2008. Sure. Right. Although I think they were setting him up to retire because right. they knew if they said in February we have to know right now, then the answer would be I retire. And they barricaded the door with furniture and hoped he wouldn't come back. But I, I almost feel like, from the Colts' perspective, in hindsight, the one thing they should have done differently is the first time they caught wind of it, just say, uh, okay, you're yeah. out, we're moving forward. Right. Well, I, I think that's easier said than done when you have uh, like a Super Bowl ring and trophy dangling in front of you where you feel like this is the year. We finally have a team around Andrew Luck, like you mentioned, to where we can do it. I would bet, though, yeah, I mean, uh, you make up some you, – you have some good questions there. I would bet no players knew until very recently. I would think this is an owner, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, Maybe another, you know, the quarterback coach, maybe a few other guys on the staff in general. But I would think not too many people within the organization would have known about this conversation until until very recently. If you're playing in that locker room, are you pissed off that they kept it from you? Um, no, I'm not pissed off. I'm not. I, I think the players in the locker room are going to be disappointed because they're going to they're thinking the same things we were. Gosh, we we really th thought we had a chance this year. Oh, we like Jacoby Brissett. They're they're going to turn the page very quickly. But I think they realize this is a very important conversation, and these are things that players don't get the privy of knowing all the time. The Saturday night tweet from Doug Gottlieb of FS1: Retiring because rehabbing is quote unquote too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Hashtag Andrew Luck. It was 24 hours later where Troy Aikman and jumped off the top rope. That's total bull bleep, Doug. What qualifies you to decide how someone should live their life? So you're now the authority on what motivates Andrew Luck. And if his decisions don't fit into what you think is best for him, then you rip him. Guess that keeps you employed on FS1. That's really the shot because Fox and FS1 are the same thing. And we right. know that Troy Aikman's not a big fan of FS1's hiring decisions because he doesn't like Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless right. said some things about Aikman during his career that Aikman took exception to. And then Fox went and hired Skip Bayless. So there's been that tension there, and it makes you wonder what Troy Aikman's expiration date is at Fox. Yeah. And he's talked in the past that he's got frontiers beyond TV, and he's been doing that gig forever. But you know what? Maybe I, I looked at that, the, the willingness to go all in on FS1. Right. I almost looked at that as an indication that Troy Aikman is at the give no Fs stage of his time with Fox, where if they don't like it, fine. You want to get rid of me? Fine. You want me off? Fine. You're going to complain about it? Fine. I don't care. I'm going to say what I believe. And I'm either on your team or I'm not. But if you want me off, that's fine. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't think he's scared either way. I mean, he's Troy Aikman. I think he's going to land on his feet regardless, let alone I'm sure he saved a, a, a boatload of money. So this is not going to make him break him either way. Uh, hey, I, I like Troy. Troy is not afraid. Troy's awesome. He no, is. I, I, I he's not, I'm not he, there's a number Troy. of There's been a number of really instances through the last few years in the NFL where he's been very outspoken about certain issues. I like Doug Gottlieb, too. I don't agree with him there at all. I mean, I really don't. Again, this is not a millennial thing. Uh, it wasn't like hashtag it's too hard to rehab. I think it's hashtag everything's too hard. Mental, physical grind. His body doesn't feel the right way. And again, this is a guy who's done nothing uh, with just like, oh, narcissism in his career. Yeah. He's shown us none of that. It's always been team and giving credit to everybody else and telling a guy when he gets knocked down by Terrell Suggs, hey, good hit, man, good hit. I mean, he's all overly uh, giving in his praise to other people. So I just, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's not selfish, selfish, and he's got issues with his body, and he's not comfortable. All right, let's move on. Minnesota Vikings have a quarterback who is all in. The question is, how good is he? Kirk Cousins had a subpar performance against 
the Cardinals. Not exactly a defensive juggernaut on Saturday. And I know, look, third preseason game, we put more emphasis on it. Cousins had looked good the first game, not as good the second game. Should the Vikings be concerned with Cousins' 3 of 13 performance? Well, I, it's, it's not pretty. I'm not going to say concerned. It, you know, and again, I don't like care about the stats so much. You know that, especially this time of the year. But I will say this, just the quality of some of the footballs he threw in that game, I mean, they were ugly. There's a few that really got away from him where you saw like a wobble and it was really off target. I think that's what maybe concerned me more than anything. But this is one of the big questions about this football team in general. You know, is what is this offense going to look like? I think there's some bright spots. You saw Dalvin Cook, your running back, break an 85-yard run. Doing that's that, great. You saw, you saw the motion of the offensive line going left. He cut he did that one cut, He's cut be back perp- and was That's gone. where Kubiak brings in, I think, you know, great leadership and knowledge. The run game should improve. My big question with the Minnesota Vikings is the pass game. They have two options. Everybody else is a little unproven. I know Kyle Rudolph can be very good if he stays healthy and everything like that, but it's been Thielen and Diggs. Diggs and Thielen for two years in a row. That's all there's been to it. And Gary Kubiak's passing offense has not necessarily tore uh, the NFL up. And, of course, Kevin Stavansky is also unproven that unproven that way, too. So I'm interested to see where it goes with this Viking offense. Not, not panicking yet. But, but you're right. With, with Diggs and Thielen, one of those guys gets injured. I don't want to jinx them, but who steps who yeah, in the world? We don't know. Right. They, they, they're right. waiting for somebody to step up to be number three. Who yeah. would step up to be number two in that instance? Who knows at this point? Um, flip it over to the Cardinals' offense. A lot of questions about them after the game against the Raiders. They looked better. And, yeah. and they, they've been called the pretty boy offense. And uh, uh, Kyler Murray has seemed frustrated by the way that the Raiders came after him. But it seems like we saw a little yeah, bit more and maybe we feel a little bit better about the offense after the week three preseason game in Minnesota. Uh, it definitely. I mean, Kyler Murray certainly looked better. I mean, they certainly seemed to just at the very base level, and I haven't watched the film yet, Mike, and you know I will. Uh, it seemed like they handled protection and how to deal with blitzes and things like that better. Kyler Murray certainly looked more comfortable. I think the biggest thing is it's preseason game number three, as we've talked about. I really think the week before they were caught off guard by a team that game plan for them a little bit more than they were ready to be game plan for. And this week, I think there was a few things in their offense where they unleashed them to get their offense going in the right manner. And uh, it was more the Kyler Murray I think you and I saw in week one where we went, whoa, wow. There was more of a wow factor. He made some phenomenal throws. And uh, honestly, I'll tell you, I'm, you know, as much as we were concerned about that Cardinals D, that Vikings defense letting up some of the big plays they did in that game I think was uh, surprising to me as well. All right, last topic before we move on. Carly Lloyd, the U.S. soccer star who kicked a 55-yard field goal last week in a joint Ravens-Eagles practice. She tells Peter King she thinks – I no, not I think. I know I could actually probably do it. Uh, that's in response to being a kicker in the NFL. Put on the helmet, strap on the pads, go for it. The mindset I have, I think with practice, I know I have to work on my steps and my technique, but I think I could do it and do it well. Do you agree? I do agree. I mean, again, this is – it's kicking, okay? I don't think this is like – Oh, you know, if you have a strong leg, you got a strong leg. I don't think anything else matters there. And uh, obviously she can do it. Now, hey, she's going to have to deal with, you know, I I mean, certainly criticism. Guys probably saying crazy things to her on the football field. But But I don't think they would. I don't think they would. No, they might not say anything. Fans, yes. Fans, yes. 
I think other football players would be respectful. They won't cross the line into, like, women territory or anything like that. I agree with you there. They are certainly going to talk crap to her regardless, I think. Uh, but I, I think she could do it. I would actually really love to see uh, her get an opportunity to go out there and, and see if it can translate to an NFL football field. The, the one thing, when you watch the film of her kicking last week, and, 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 and she will be able to learn this with reps. Yeah. You can't wait for the ball to be placed right. before you start toward it. Exactly right. Start, you know, you you're start. aiming at a target that's not there yet. Yeah. But in soccer, you do that all the time. You no anticipate doubt. the arrival of the ball. You start swinging your leg. The ball swings over and you hit it. So I think she'd be fine. The leg is the key thing. Right. The ability to perform under pressure is the thing that's that the you can't thing. teach. Exactly. And she's shown that she can do that. Yes. And, and there's teams out there that don't know what the hell they're going to do with kicker. Why not? Right. Why not give her a chance? I, I hear you. I'm, and, I'm you know, MDS, it. MDS made a good point when we talked about this the other day. The idea that, you know, there could be a team out there that's out of playoff contention. And it would just... I mean, you're trying to you're trying to you're sell. sell. Tickets. You're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to do something interesting. I see little girls wearing Carly Lloyd jerseys everywhere already right now. Let alone what it would do for the NFL, right? And then maybe it'll take some of this stigma away of like, oh, the NFL is so dangerous and football is so dangerous, which I'm really getting sick of arguing as a father as well. You know, when again. The youth concussion rates in soccer are higher than the youth concussion rates in football, but nobody wants to talk about that. So that might help the sport in general, too. All right, Captain Planet. I can't help it. You it's didn't about... go too far that time. But, okay. you know, the football has become the sport that is the pin cushion. Everybody just for the bragging on it injuries, all the time. Even though there are plenty of other sports, hockey, soccer, plenty of other sports that yes, have right. head injuries. And, uh, you know, I, I don't disagree with what you said. You just, I just know it's like clockwork. and it, I don't. Even I got to bring it up sometimes. I'm living button. it right now. It's probably going to be my grievance this week. I'm just letting you know right now. Because my little boy has started to play football, and I, uh, I'm just, I'm seeing it from every angle. Oh, you're going to let him play football? Oh, aren't you scared? Oh. Oh, I mean, it's just constant. It's, it's this constant attack by the media, people, everybody on the NFL right now. And I don't think everybody has their facts straight. All right, we got to go. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll do this again on Tuesday. Check us out all day long at ProFootballTalk.com. And thanks, as always, for some of your time.